Upstream problem solving is focusing on the root cause of an issue rather than its symptoms. We often get trapped in a cycle of reaction from putting out fires to responding to emergencies. Essentially, this is us downstream thinking of the results. Upstream problem solving allows us to think of the root cause of these issues, which is really important as prevention is the best solution. This is a typical example of the kind of thing that we're not taught enough at work. We often get so focused on output that we don't put enough thought into the thinking behind it, even though it can bring astronomical benefits. We, and we don't need to be top tier strategists in order to be better problem solvers. And so together, let's dive into upstream problem solving. And I wanna know what you think in the comments below. I also want to give huge credit to Dan Heath and his book, How to Solve Problems Before They Happen. All right, let's just go. I think it's really important that we make this topic relevant to our industry. So let's think of digital marketing here. Let's think of examples of how upstream and downstream problem solving can play out for us. A really common example of failure of downstream response could be a highly valuable team member denying your counter offer and still moving to one of your competitor agencies. We need to think of upstream problem solving as a direction rather than a destination. So perhaps regular catch-ups would have delayed that outcome by three months. Useful training would have delayed that outcome by a further one year. And maybe giving that highly valuable team member a new project would have reduced the likelihood of them resigning even further. By making preventative investments, such as company socials, we're often able to forestall more expensive downstream consequences, such as unhappy clients. You can probably see now how making this shift can lead to us thinking about preventions from weeks to decades before something bad actually happens. Proving prevention is difficult to do. That's why solving existing problems in our organizations is often what gets rewarded. If you wait until something bad happens, then your solutions are gonna feel more tangible and people are gonna be able to better perceive their impact. Upstream work can be ambiguous. I mean, you have no idea how many people are benefiting from your regular company socials until you stop them. With that, if you don't organize any company socials until it's obvious that your team need one, then you'll be able to better perceive the impact that that social has made. They say an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure, but an actual fact, an ounce of prevention is often worth a ton of cure. An example of downstream thinking in client services could be responding to your client requesting a review by presenting on your best results. Even if the presentation goes great, that presentation isn't good for your relationship or your team's workload. An example of upstream thinking in client services would be regularly presenting on the data that your clients care most about. I mean, of course you'll have to prove your value from time to time, but you'll already have the data to hand and the relationship will be a lot stronger. An example of downstream thinking in account management could be accepting that your reports are difficult to create and expecting mistakes, or maybe even looking them over before they're sent. An upstream, management response would be considering if the majority of these errors are actually due to improper training. Here is another real world example, this time one that's not so relevant to our field. So most elevator companies have smart elevators that send diagnostic information such as the doors taking one second longer to close directly into the cloud. Most of us would never even notice these minute changes, but to an elevator expert, the doors taking one second longer to close could be a sign that the system needs a bit of lubricant. Using this data, companies are able to conduct small maintenance tasks in the present 
in order to ensure that in the future, six months down the line, it isn't on the local news that a bunch of people got stuck in an elevator. That is exactly the kind of thing that's gonna become easier and easier as smart intelligence aids upstream problem solving. If we're going to engage in upstream problem solving, there are a few considerations. Firstly, we should consider the low probability but imminently foreseeable risks. Pandemics are a huge and fantastic example of this. The probability of a pandemic, incredibly low. The likelihood of a, of a pandemic at some point in the future, incredibly high. Secondly, it can be incredibly difficult to determine who should be responsible for prevention within an organization. Often large organizations have a huge number of stakeholders and who amongst those stakeholders should be responsible for paying for what hasn't actually happened yet. Often when we look at the returns that come from investing in large stake problems, it's complicated. If you reduce errors in your reporting, then it's going to benefit your client services department. But it may also benefit your finance department if those figures are worked into your billing. Perhaps also your PR department if they'd like to promote the success of the business and maybe even your HR department if they make appraisal decisions based off of client performance. Now, with all of that, what department should make the investment in more robust reporting? This is called the wrong pocket problem. The wrong pocket problem is to say the person footing the bill for a preventative solution is only receiving a trickle of the returns whilst the returns are being splintered across a variety of different parties. Considerations like this often make upstream solutions really hard to sell, but we don't need to learn all of our lessons the hard way. So in true Progression Lab fashion, I didn't wanna leave you without a practical that you can do in your teams to kickstart upstream problem solving. And for this, I would like to recommend the risk matrix. So the risk matrix is a matrix used during a risk assessment to define the level of risk by considering the category of probability or likelihood against the category of severity. Understanding risk will allow us to take appropriate action in the future. A risk matrix is a 2D 5x5 grid, which measures the likelihood on one axis and the consequence on another, graded from high to low. The combination of these two will allow us to determine the overall risk and categorize it from low to medium to high. Let's put this tool to use with some real world examples now. Let's say a low priority deliverable isn't tracked in your project management system. We can say that the probability of that happening would be low as there's a system in place and the consequence would also be low as it's low priority. So we can say that the overall risk associated with that happening is low. If your call's frequently overrun by five minutes, we can say that the likelihood of that happening would be high, but the consequence of that happening would be relatively low because it's just a few minutes. So we could put the risk at medium. If a performance target of one of your clients aren't met, we can say that the likelihood of that happening is probably low, but the impact and the consequence of that would be quite high. So the risk would actually still be medium. If you're experiencing high levels of turnover, then you know that the likelihood of someone leaving is high, but you also know that the consequence and the impact of someone leaving, especially if they're taking care of something important, that is also high. So the overall risk and the overall issue 
it's a high priority issue. In a nutshell, that's how a risk matrix can be used to assess the likelihood and the consequence of potential issues. And you should tailor the risk matrix and the categories to your particular situation. Although they are subjective and they don't consider timeframes, they are a suitable tool for categorizing risks and they are a really useful tool for thinking upstream. I hope you all enjoyed that. Of course, do your own research before implementing on anything mentioned and let me know your thoughts in the discussion below. To benefit from a fully bespoke creative or design thinking workshop, head on over to progressionlab.co.uk. All Progression Lab workshops are engaging, fun, fast paced, and most importantly, relevant to your team and to your business. And of course, if you go to progressionlab.co.uk, you'll be able to sign up to our creative thinking newsletter. So I'll see you there. I also wanted to say thank you for all the love on LinkedIn and Instagram. It's been two weeks and I'm feeling the love. Thank you so much for watching the show, for all of your comments obviously i'm responding to every single one obviously you can find the show on youtube and on your podcast player of choice so make sure to stay up today share this episode if it was useful and i can't wait to see you next time thank you so much guys see ya